Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. all about acting and we have a special show tonight uh with actually a friend of mine from los angeles her name is braylon massey say hello braylon hi (laughs) (laughs) Uh, she is a lovely horror actress in la currently but not just an actress she's a producer writer director she does all of the above she does amazing work and she's currently working on some stuff right now where I think she uh, will talk more about during this show. Um, so let's just uh, jump right in. And uh, Bria, should be called Bria for everyone out there, um, <laughs> she, she uh, uh, why don't you just kind of hop right in and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you made it over to Los Angeles. Um, gosh, well, my name is Bria. I'm from Seattle originally, Seattle, Washington, and I say um, that, but it's not actually Seattle proper. Uh, my family and I, uh, we live in Duval, Washington, which has 7,000 people in it. It's a very small town. Literally have to go through a forest, over a river, down the valley, and then you're there. <laughs> and, yeah, and so my brother and I used to, I mean, we, you know, kids play pretend and, like, toys and action figures and put up plays and stuff, so we did that a lot. Um, and I've always told, like, I'm very dramatic, so I got put into, um, a theater class, and it kind of went from there, and I did a lot of theater, didn't really like theater too much, I mean, I love some theater, but, um, I kind of wanted something a little more natural and internal than external, and then when I turned 18, I was able to, like, sign my own papers, and I, um, auditioned for a small film up in Washington where we had green screen, underwater stuff. We traveled. It was awesome. And I just loved it. And then um, I decided, I guess I got to go to LA. So (laughs) awesome. I thought, did you know, did you know anybody in Los Angeles before you went or was it just kind of that thing? Not at all. (laughs) I had $800 in my pocket. I'd been saving up for months. It was actually kind of impulsive. It was kind of like, yeah, I'll go to L.A., I'll go to L.A., and then I broke up with my boyfriend, and I'm like, fuck this shit. I packed up my car, and it was, like, my first car ever, so it's a 92 Buick. There are no handles on the doors. You have to keep the windows cracked so you can reach in and open the door from the inside. No power steering, and this thing is made entirely of steel. Um, No power (laughs) steering and no air conditioning. I didn't realize how deadly that could car with everything I had, you know, um, I left all my stuff in my roommates cause I had already paid throughout the month and stuff. I'm like, you can have my bed, take it. I don't care. Screw the world. <laughs> and I got me and my cat packed into my car 
and I drove down to LA and I am so blessed and so lucky that nothing terrible happened to me because I was on Craigslist while I'm driving down the I-5, not sure where I was going to go, not sure who I would talk to because I knew nobody in LA. I was looking for couches to stay on. And so I'm like looking on Craigslist for strangers that will take me in while I figure out what I'm going to do. And I ended up in, uh, in Crenshaw. Oh, wow. oh, <laughs> that was my wow. very first uh, living situation on this lovely girl's uh, couch in her living room. And she was fantastic, but the neighbors did not take to me very well. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I, from there, I just figured it out, mostly on Craigslist and strangers and trying to figure out how to work and make money and go towards my acting career and how to function and Coming from a small little town, even Seattle, there's a thing called the Seattle freeze, which means everyone's very passive aggressive and very nice to your face and very quiet, and there's no no conflict whatsoever. So coming down to Crenshaw in Los Angeles, I'm like, holy crap. Um, So, yeah, that was my (laughs) – how I got down here, and I am so lucky that I wasn't, like, killed from all the terrible risky things I did trying to just – figure out how to function down here <laughs> well for sure and and I'm sure it was really hard because you cause like you said you had your cat with you so it's not only it's mm-hmm. one thing to be on to be with you with yourself you know like oh okay like even if it was just you maybe you can even find time like maybe sleep in your car every once in a while but when you have your cat with you it's like it's your baby yeah, yeah. At least, at least actually for me, he might you know? have like, saved me you. from a bunch of stuff because when oh, really? someone's like oh you can bring your cat they're usually a nicer person. So I right. think he might have exactly. saved me from exactly. some terrible situations. Yeah. So you're an animal lover. Okay. I think you're cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, you're not going to kill me. It's fine. <laughs> like, just kill me, but not my cat. <laughs> right. Keep, keep my cat. He's my baby. He's my bread and butter. I love him more than life itself. <laughs> But no, he is a trooper. He's the best cat in the entire world. He's put up with so much crap. I mean, I have a 90-pound pit bull, and my cat owns the pit bull. So he's the best cat in the entire world. That's adorable. That's so adorable. What kind of cat is it? I love it. Oh, uh, he was an incest inbred kitty mill cat that we got from uh, the pound. (laughs) Oh, wow. but those are the best. They have the best personality. Every animal that I've gotten has been a re- like either I found them on the street or they've mm-hmm. been a, a refuge from the pound. And they yeah. have amazing personalities. They just and they attach mm-hmm. to you because they they're like, oh, oh yeah, you saved me from this horrible experience. <laughs> yeah. No, like, Tiger I'm, I'm is my little angel. Show. I would die for him. <laughs> And so he's 18 years old and still kicking. He's like, nope, I can't leave you yet because you've still got issues. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so cute. I love it. I just love that. Um, and have, didn't you, did you move recently or no? I, I thought you had moved recently. So you're, you always have moved. How many times have you moved in Los Angeles with your cat? And he's like, is he chill oh about my it goodness. every time? Um, well, when I first moved here, it was a couple times a year that I would move, like five to six times a year. Because I'm like, that person's crazy. That person's crazy. This is not safe. This is not safe. For a while, I was even living in my car because um, yeah. I made the mistake of falling in love and trying to maneuver that as well. And then that 
uh, fizzled out with a very uh, abusive relationship. And I'm like, I need to get out. And if I'm going to get out, I need to get out now or it's not happening. Yeah. I lived in my car yeah. for a while too. It's only recently actually, cause I, um, after that relationship uh, kind of woke me up, like I need to get my shit together. I went back home yeah. and I was editing a project and I was staying home for about six months. And then I'm like, all right, I'm healthy. I'm ready to go back, came back. And I've actually had my own apartment um, you know, or shared with a friend, just like one yeah. friend at a time. And it's been so much better. And actually where I'm living right now, we just renewed the lease. So it's been over a year. Yay. It's the first time Yay. I've been in LA. Yay. That's amazing. Well, yeah. Glad, so like, to go from like, like that. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, just, it's so great how things work out that way. You know, it's like, it's, I love stories like that, you know, and, and there's a few Yeah, you got to keep at that, it. Yeah, that have been, you know, we get we get there and it's like, oh, that struggle is real, that struggle is real, and you, we always have those moments, and I, I I know, like, I've had those moments where it's like, oh, is it is it going to get worse or is it going to get better? You're in this limbo, right. you're in this in-between, and it's um, it's kind of that moment where you, you find that happy place, and you're like, oh, okay, I just needed to stay like this for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, the way I see it is that all the hardships that happen to me are going to be funny stories when I'm rich and famous one day. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. You just have to remember that you're going to make it. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So make sure yeah. that you just keep at it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. That's a really great positive like outlook on things because especially living in L.A., I know, um, you know, you live in L.A., Brea, but, um, you know, Laura lives in uh, San Francisco. So, uh, but living in L.A., you're, you're, a lot of times you have, um, you know, a lot of competition kind of thing, you know. Oh, yeah. You're, I mean, and so it, it's got to be hard to kind of keep up that attitude. So what I want to, what I want to ask you right now is, because you did that, um, tell us a little bit about that 365-day challenge that you did. Because I oh. think a lot of people should like hear about this. I think uh, I think this is something that might actually be very inspiring for people. Yeah. So I had um, a moment where I had to do some self reflection last year, and I was very frustrated because I'm like, you know, my teeth aren't straightened yet. I need to get my braces figured out. I I don't have an agent. I don't have a manager. I'm doing you know fun little indie films, but they're not anything that I'm. You know, I would go and show Steven Spielberg. It's more of a learning ground. You know, I just graduated or I'm, I'm in my first year of, of class and I don't feel like I'm really moving forward. If anything, I'm moving backwards. And I had to really sit right. with myself because I was really unhappy. And, and my mantra is, you know, what's not working? What do I need to fix? What do I want and how do I get it? That's what I tell myself every day. What do I want and how do I get it? And so I was right. incredibly unhappy. And I'm like, all right, something I'm doing right now is not working for me because I'm not where I want to be and I don't feel like I'm moving towards where I want to be. And so I sat yeah. down and I'm like, what am I doing day to day? What am I doing with my life right now? And, you know, everything I was doing um, besides going to class and some other things were things that I really could be doing back at home where I wouldn't be so incredibly miserable. And I'm like, you know what, if I'm in LA for a reason, I need to be doing things that I can't be doing back at home. I need to be actively working towards my career. And I feel like I've been getting sidetracked and focusing on things that 
I could focus on at home. I could focus on boys at home. I could focus on keeping, you know, a minimum wage job and working up a corporate ladder at home. I could be doing online classes at home. I could be doing all these things at home, but the one thing I can't do. Yeah, the one thing I can't do is actively working towards a Hollywood acting career here in L.A. from home. Right. And so I told myself, all right, this is the deal. For one year, I'm going to give myself one more year before I move back home. Every single day, to do one thing that moves me towards my career, no matter what it is. It could be research about actors. It could be going on Actors Access and submitting to student films. It could be anything at all that actively moves my career forward. Um, it could be even networking if I met a director that day. And that's why sometimes I won't post what I did that day because I don't want to you know, lose face with anybody or make them think that I'm exploiting them. Um, but for the most part, I would post every day. And so I'm like, okay, every day for one year, I need to be moving my career forward. If I don't, I'm going to go home because then I'm really not cut out for it if I'm not focused because I could be doing all of these meaningless things at home and not be so miserable. And so I finished yeah. um, my grad, my uh, challenge uh, like two days before my final graduation and things are fantastic. And I've honestly never been happier and never been healthier. Like, yes, I'm not quite where I want to be in my career, but I can feel myself actually being further than I started where before I felt yeah. like I was in the same place and I kept coming back to the same place over and over yeah. and over. Yeah, I feel you okay. on that. I, that's one of the decisions why, for me, I, I decided to make a transition and leave L.A. for a little bit. Like, I go down there to do work. Like, I'm almost there every week. But it's like, right. I, lo- I love being up here. I told myself if I'm going to decide to kind of leave that space for a little bit, um, then I need to make things happen. It was it was kind of the same situation. Oh, absolutely. I, 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 I completely wrote things down, like pros and cons of my current situation and how do I need to fix that. And and I, same, same as you, believe it or not, it's crazy hearing your story. It's like we're in the same, trying to go on that same path, but we're, we're even like together doing it. And I have to say, it's the same kind of thing. I feel like I'm the healthiest as an artist, I'm the healthiest and happiest I've been currently at this moment, and I think I'm I stay trapped, and <laughs> and, and it's, it, yeah. it, it is that it's going it's going from telling yourself, oh, if I make it, if I make it, to I've already I'm already there, and I'm gonna make it even further, and it's gonna happen, right? And I'm like, and it's I'm a matter of how, it. right? Exactly. Yeah, and I definitely exactly. believe like you have to be healthy because we're actors. Like, yeah, I write, produce, I love directing, but I'm an actor, and I can't act if I'm not healthy because then it yeah. becomes toxic. It's selfish. Doesn't really give to the character, and it's actually hard for me to perform. Like, I have to get good sleep. I have to eat. But most importantly, is my mental health. I have to make sure that I'm happy and healthy. My number one thing that I tell myself and I tell anybody else who's curious about acting or wants to know, you know, how can I be a better actor? You can't be a well-rounded actor if you're not a well-rounded person. And that means to take care of yourself. Um, And so, yeah, if you need to be in a different environment, if you need to take time to take care of yourself, do that. But while you're actively working on your career, don't cut corners. Don't be lazy. You know, understand I have to be strong and have a strong foundation so I can get running with this thing. Absolutely, absolutely. That, that that's perfectly said. 
love it because it's, it's I, like every, it's everything that you know that it, it that a lot of people forget about, and especially when you're in LA, you get so overwhelmed. And it's taking oh, yeah. those moments also to remember to, um, uh, you know, when you get bombarded with things, to remember to to look back and go. Um, and I, I started doing this for myself. Try not to say yes. And me and Jonathan were actually talking about this. Try not to say yes to everything because you think you right. need to say yes. It's more about quality versus quantity. So when you get to a Absolutely. point, it, it, and that's about overwhelming yourself as well, the healthy aspect as an actor. It's like, well, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. But at the same time, it, it what don't overwhelm yourself so much to where you're not taking care of yourself. And do right. projects. You know, instead of doing five and then doing five half half do three that you think are really good or two that you think are really good right. and do them. Especially do in this industry good. where it's not about really your resume. It's not really about going to school and then, you know, submitting yourself and then working up the chain. It's not like that. It only takes yeah. one. So make sure it's yeah. the one thing you're proud of because it takes one person to see you. It takes one project you're in. Sometimes not even that. Sometimes it just takes one person that you meet. Um, yes, so it can't exactly. be a numbers game at the expense of yourself because when you meet that one person or when you are seen in that one project, you have to be ready to work. You have to show them this is where I am. Actually, my boyfriend said something um, fantastic today. I'm like, oh, I've never thought of it that way. He said, and we're talking about projects, and he's like, you are only as good as your last project. I'm like, Oh, wow, because it doesn't really matter how good you are, you know, with lights after you've learned all this stuff if you don't have something to show for it. So your last project yeah. is what you're going to be looked at, you know, and judge. And it only takes one. You have to be seen in one project to make sure it's your best. And you've got to take care of yourself so you can perform that and have an extreme open empathy for another character. If you've got your own yeah. issues, you're going to project that onto the character. And it's not about you at all. It's about what the character yeah. needs. So you have to get over yourself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, like I, I, I agree with your boyfriend. Like I, I think a lot of people uh, tend to take projects, and this is what Laura and I were talking about. Was like that we were both, you were both talking about how uh, you don't want to just take a project because you know maybe it pays or something, you know, and you're looking for that money. No, yeah. Uh, because then you look at the, um, you know, the work. And also, I, I would also throw out do research on the uh, on the filmmaker and the producers, because I see mm-hmm. so many people in this industry taking projects with people who might have their films on uh, Amazon Prime, but their films are awful, and they're not, right. you know, and people are going to look at that and. Um, and this is this is another thing of what I'm doing. I'm rebranding my film company, and we're trying to make good movies. You know. Because, I mean, I, I know that's, you know, easier to say and, you know, maybe hard to do necessarily, you know, because you just right. got to make sure you have the talent to do it. But what I'm saying is, like, we're, we're rebranding because we know, like, my past is my past, but now we need to make something really stand out. And I think that's what, you know, that's what you're doing with Vengeance, um, Braylon. You're just trying to make it stand out and, and be something. Yeah, well, never in my life would I have ever imagined that, you know, I could get a relatively good budget for vengeance. Like, never in my life would I think that I would actually have the means to find money to fund my films. And so what's 
all of my films, you know, even if they're not completed, just the work and the practice behind them, I needed to make sure that they were films I was proud of and films that when they were completed were part of my brand, um, even if that meant I only had one or two. So it was very important to me. And because of that and because of my work and because I was able to find my voice and able to work on my voice rather than just working on, I'm a professional, I'm going to make a movie, but actually refining yeah. what I want and what I believe in that's how vengeance came to be, not because someone thought, oh, she's a professional filmmaker and she'll make me money, but because uh, three people thought, oh, she has a voice. She knows what she wants, and she's not going to let this thing become smut. She has something very powerful she has to say, and she's going to make this beautiful as ugly as it is. And that yeah. doesn't happen mm-hmm. in Hollywood, ever. Never in my life would I have thought that I would have a decent-sized budget for anything that I would ever do without you know, being a name or anything. So really you have to do what you believe in, even if it doesn't pay. Um, a lot yeah. of my, my favors that are coming back to me on this particular project were people that I did favors for because I believed in them. So they believe in me. And, you know, you, we work as a community and we come up as a community, but it is important that you do things you're proud of because at the end of the day, that movie is going to live on past you, even if it's on YouTube. And you need to feel good about it because you are making art. There's a business side to it, yes, and that is just as important. But you are making art, and you have to be an artist. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right, so I want to ask, because I got both of you two on here, and both of you ladies were in a little movie called Serena Waits. Which, oh, uh, does Hunter know about this? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so funny because what it, we had, I had you on my show with Hunter, right? If I'm correct, I had somebody. One of you guys were on the show with Hunter, Wait, right? For what? Uh, I for was. Wasn't me, it was Laura. <laughs> it was yeah, it was, it was Laura. I think we were, okay. we were on talking about. Um, August Live Party and Serena Waits was also me and Brie Aaron, and we were talking about all that. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I feel like, gosh, time has passed so fast, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it just passes. I'm, you know, especially when you got things you're working on. You're like, there's not enough hours in the day. I just want to, like, God, it feels like just yesterday that I did that with Hunter. That's weird. <laughs> And it feels like just yesterday <laughs> that we filmed um, Dream of Wait, Bria. Like, it, it just feels, yeah. it's, cra- it's just crazy. It's weird. So crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. And Lilith. Yeah. And Lilith. <laughs> and Lilith. Um, yeah, Lilith's coming out, too. They just, I've been yeah. cutting it, I, I believe. And the director's been putting out some um, some trailers. So I'm excited to see what the official trailer is from the editor after it's all cut together. Yeah, for sure. That's so exciting. Yeah. So uh, shout out to Alex, Alex T. Wang. That's his film. I'm going to do shout out for that. Yeah. That's Alex T. Wang. Because he loves well, Alex shout out. Wong. It's Wong. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Wong. Tiberius Films. I'm sorry. Wong. Wong. Oh, I love it. <laughs> he, was, he was on the show. He was on the show. He was one of our first guests, right? Or one of our, you know, first, like, yeah. big guests that we had on there, like, with that. Yeah, that's, he, was, awesome. he was on when, yeah, when we had the group of five on, he was on. He, um, and he's just, he's a bundle of joy, and he's so fun. And, oh, yeah, he's and, awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, talk about another person that, that knows how to, like, set his goals, make his goals, make things happen. And he also has an amazing wife that, you know, tries to be there to support and do all those things. Oh, yeah, she's awesome, and, too. 
Yeah, I mean, and 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 it goes. Just, it's great to have those those uh, that support system as well, whether it's a relationship or friends. It's good to have people that aren't those backstabber friends. It's good to have those people go. Oh, I love what you're doing. Yes, keep doing it. And they're and they're and they're honestly believe in what they're saying. Like they want you to do well. Right. And, and it's good to have that um, in your life. And and luckily, luckily, um, you know, at least I, I I'm seeing for myself. I have found those few people. And I I think um, Bria for me in my life is is one of them. You know, those real honest people mm. that I love working working with. So brutally honest, but. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and i and i always love working with you because we're very similar in in our the way you know we our acting ability and what we like to do and how we like to get there and things like that and it's uh wonderful to have people around you on set that work similarly and and that's one thing i talked about near the beginning of our podcast a few like one of the first few episodes it's very nice to have similar working people around you. That way you don't have to worry about things and things get done. Right. So, um, Jonathan, okay. do you have another question for Bria? Yeah, of course. Do I do. I, I always <laughs> have questions for for people. <laughs> like, yeah. Just to go back um, real quick to what uh, Laura was talking about, about having a community, especially here in L.A., it's, it's so cutthroat and people are for the most part actually out to get you they're like oh she's being successful if she's successful that means i can't be successful and it's completely ridiculous so when you find a community you guys can rise up together and it just feels so nice because because of my my ideas of i'm gonna make it it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when so there's really no reason for me to be threatened just because someone else is going to make it. They're going to make yeah. it too. Mm-hmm. It's not, it, they, we're all going to be on top of mountains. It's just a matter of what mountain are you going to be on top of and make sure you're proud of it. Um, yeah. yeah. When you find those people that you can work with where we're all coming up together and they actually want you to be successful, it's such a breath of fresh air and it's so motivating. You got to cut out toxic people. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I have to ask you this, uh, Brian, because um, you actually, um, like, I, I guess, like, were you able to get a lot of work on your own as an actress? Like, do you, like, look out things, or do you have, like, an agent that's helping you get everything? I have or, a manager is, now, and so he's, um, so, I mean, majority of the work that I get, especially, like, I mean, majority of the work that I get, is my own through networking, through looking things up by submitting myself. Um, but honestly, most of the work I get is from my reel because friends will refer me based on my work um, that they saw me doing on set or they saw a scene I was in or they watched their friend's movie that I was in and then they looked at my reel on IMDb and then they'll refer me. And so I've actually gotten more work from referrals than myself, but majority of my work is myself. And I do have a manager now. Um, and I'm looking to join an agency once that vengeance kind of calms down because i got to focus on that. But, I mean, we live in a wonderful time where you can get your own work. You can network. People have are making their own production companies. People are making their own films. Um, you know, directors bring their DPs with them. Directors also bring their leading ladies with them, their leading men with them, actors they've worked with in the past. They remember, oh, that guy I worked with, he didn't give me any trouble. He did his job. He's a good actor, and there we go. He fits the part. So they'll call you in. Um, so really, you do your work, and it gets seen. Um, 
And yeah. I mean, that's how I get most of my work. And it's only recently I've been going out for TV shows. And even then it's, you know, I'll be putting in good quality work. I just did an audition um, that I think was the best work I've ever done in my entire career, but it is political because why would they choose me versus someone else that they've worked with that they've seen consistently good work with them so you have to build a report of consistently good work in order to be called into the bigger things even and because we live in such a wonderful generation where you can make your own content you've got to it's not a it's not even like oh I guess I should you have to you have to you have to have to because you're competing against people that do make their own content. You're competing against me that makes my own content. I can put <laughs> yeah. myself in the, the act, in the roles that I want agents to see, that I want casting directors to see, that I want people to see me as and do good work at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think, you know, it's funny because, like, people used to do that, too, on, like, you know, like, Vin Diesel, I believe, like, one of the first things he did was he did a short film that he acted in uh, that he directed, you know, and made, mm-hmm. uh, but he used that well, as a I mean, tool Kevin to get Smith, himself you know, more he, he, Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, I mean, gosh, so many of these great actors had to put themselves in their own work. And that's what we have to do, especially in this age, because we have the access to it. So it would be ridiculous not to take advantage of these tools that we're given to do that and promote ourselves. Yeah. Absolutely. A perfect story. Um, for this would be uh, the new actor in um, the the new Han Solo movie, the Star Wars Han Solo. Oh. The guy plays, yeah. He, the guy that plays Han Solo, uh, I, forgive me whoever's listening, I don't remember his name, but I did, <laughs> read, <laughs> I did um, read an article uh, that he was uh, working at Bot Mitzvah and uh, he played one of his short films, like he made basically on his own during the bat mitzvah, he uh, made a short film that was kind of towards the party, like the theme of the party. And it was like a, like a, a thing that kind of ties the, the night together and he acted mm-hmm. in it and it was super fun. And it, it just like was part of the evening. And anyway, so uh, the director of the film, uh, I think uh, Steven Spielberg was there um there's a few, I think J.J. Abrams is there. There's a few people that, you know, are working, are working on Star Wars and working on future projects and, the, and other projects that are work with the destruction company and saw him, went up to him and offered him the job in Star Wars, in the new Star Wars film. Wow. Uh, because they liked what he did so much. And, then, and there, you know, there you go. And it goes exactly what you're saying. There are people out there, he made his own content. What, whether it was for anyone or anything, he was making it. He did it on his own, and look what happened. You know what I mean? It's right. Just like, you have to show you that you're ready know. to work right now. Yeah. You never know where it's going to take you. You really don't. And it's just taking those leaps and, and not even stressing about who you're showing it to. Just do it. Right. Make it. Be, ha- be happy with it and show it to anybody. Just throw it out there and mm-hmm. see who, who, who grabs, you know? Yeah. It's a crazy story. I love it. I don't know. Hearing stories like that, I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, that's amazing. It's so inspired. It gives me kind of anxiety, like, damn, I need to get out more. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm getting this feeling, like, because I've heard other stories involving Steven Spielberg, 
that he's just he's just a good guy that you need to go talk to. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. You know, right. Like, 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 where he is. Yeah. Like, I need to meet this guy. Like, I need to just go to the coffee shop. Like, Can someone tag Steven Spielberg, please, on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, right? Somebody <laughs> who's just, listening, call Steven Spielberg right you, now. Please. Get him. <laughs> can, we, can, we, can, we, can we both have jobs? Can we and Bria just, like, get hired? Like, hire us in your next show. Right? Yeah. Just, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Please do. I would love to see them in the next Star Wars movie. Um, <laughs> we have Solo paid two. combat training, and we're really good at it. Just saying, yeah. <laughs> we do all our we do all our own stunts. We're amazing. All our own stunts. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, all right. So, talking to Hollywood or whatever, compared to like uh, the low budgetness or whatever. Uh, I love to kind of ask this question to uh, to people like in the industry that. Uh, you know, and I'm going to ask it to both of you ladies because it's going to be fun. But uh, if you guys became like Hollywood divas, you know, what would your trailer have inside it? Uh, Brea, you go first since you're the guest. But, uh, um, you know. Uh, cats. Lots of cats. Uh, lots of cats. <laughs> lots of cats. You'd be the um, trailer lady. Yeah, it would be cat trailer. It has to be a double wide. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, honestly, well, don't be, I just focus. Huh? I said, don't be kidding. Hello? This, is, this is a fantasy. Hello? I mean, in a realistic world, I mean, my trailer would just have to have air conditioning and running water. That's pretty much it. Because when I'm in my trailer, I'm not. I'm not hanging out. I'm focusing on the next scene. <laughs> you know, I gotta gotta be ready for when it when it goes. So as long as there's air conditioning and water, I'm pretty much fine. But in a fantasy yeah. world of just, you know, okay, you guys have way too much money and you're trying to give it to me. All right, I'm not gonna complain. Um, lots of cats or puppies, preferably cats because they're less distracting. Um, sushi. I would like a sushi chef. Um, for the cats and for me, so two sushi chefs. <laughs> and um, right. I would definitely do like a harem of men that would fan me and serve me. <laughs> nice. Oh, uh, what about you, Laura? Oh, oh gosh. Okay, in normal universe, um, yeah, I don't mind as long as I don't have to walk like ten miles to the actual location you know like I don't like I don't yeah. you know it's one of those things it's like okay I'm ready I'm in my outfit I'm in my costume I would hate to have to be like all right now let's go take a really long hike in this heat and then film like let's, let's, right. let's hike for an hour and then film like oh, I love how again. traumatized we are about the heat right now in California we're like the heat the heat <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's really, it's so true though because with the heat it really is hard to film in the summertime and um, yeah. specifically Los Angeles, um, because it, well, any anywhere that gets hot, Arizona, New Mexico, um, it's just it's crazy. Las Vegas, 114, 120 degrees in the summer. That's really hard to do anything. But, yeah, um, well, I'm worried yeah, for I, vengeance I, because they're supposed to be like cold, but it's gonna be 100 <laughs> degrees. I'm like, crap. <laughs> I know. That's what mine says. Like, just give them, like, have them hold on to ice cubes, you know, before they're yeah. seen. Yeah. 
have them like put it down their shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Or well, just have like water bottles of ice water and squirt them with it. Ooh. And that's another. Oh, that's that's so thing. nice that right now, ideal. Laura. Yeah, in your trailer. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, right. I'll I'll show up to your set and I'll just squirt people with ice cold water. Like that would be fun. Yeah. I would do that. Nobody will complain <laughs> except for the makeup lady and the wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love it. But yeah, no. So I just need a car. I guess that. I guess yeah, a car to drive me and to sit and wait and be there on set. That would be great. And yes, the car. I would need air conditioning. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, sure. Ideal. I, I kind of like you know an ideal situation. Kind of like Bria. It's like, hey, if you're willing to give it to me, I'll take it. Like I'm not gonna say no. <laughs> you know, like if you're really, if you're gonna put me in this huge trailer or put me in, you know, like a like a tiny tiny home situation like um sure absolutely i will love it and i will love my little mini bar and i will love my little you know snacks <laughs> and my little tv and you know and soundproof walls so i can work on my lines without hearing anybody else like that would be great <laughs> great it'd be cool to um, have like an automatic oh. echo so when you set a line it would be like this echo 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 Oh my god, that would be great. <laughs> but also, just like Bria, I would love a few kittens in my yeah. trailer. Like, I have some kittens there. <laughs> There's nothing oh like goodness. kittens. Like, <laughs> I wonder if anybody really has requested this. Like, I wonder if like Jennifer Aniston has like kittens in her trailer. You know, you know, because it, it's so uh, soothing too. Like I do, I like I, you know. What if I'm doing like a like a like a crazy scene, right? And I'm freaking out, and I'm ripping my hair out, and I'm crazy, like I'm yelling at my boyfriend, "Fuck you! I hate you! You son of a bitch! You cheated on me! You motherfucker!" Blah blah blah. And then this end of scene, cut, good, we're good to go. I walk to my trailer, and there's some kittens there. Oh my god, that's so soothing. <laughs> job for somebody. Anyone that's listening that's a starving artist, like, offer kittens to people on set. It's like, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, oh, I've, so I've John, heard... Jonathan, what about you? You got to answer, too. You can't be left out. You guys, what, what would you All like right. in your trailer? <laughs> All right. Let's see. Um, well, I like a, well obviously like a TV inside my trailer you know like I know this is like probably something that's gonna be in there anyway but uh, like a, a like a fucking theater system you know like I want to fucking you know I want to annoy people because like my trailer's rocking and like watching Star Wars or something um, since we're talking about that um, let's see and then like uh, oh I mean I. I don't want a bunch of dogs because I, I feel like dogs would be too messy and I love cats, but too many kittens might be a little bit too much. So I might, there is I might no just such ask thing. for, I know, I know with, 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 with cat people, you know, there's no such thing. I may, I'm a dog lover. I'm sorry. Um, 
you know. But I do love cats. I have this most amazing cat, by the way. Um, he is. He walks with us on walks. Like he comes with us, and he acts. He acts like a dog, literally, um, <laughs> and stuff. But uh, so anyway, uh, I would have probably my dog with me, you know, or whatever, and um, you know, and at least you know, hanging out on a couch watching. Watching movies. I don't want anything too extravagant because I don't know. I just don't, you know. I, I even if I were a diva, I'd want to like scale it back still, you know. Like because uh, I don't want to be too distracted, you know, when I'm doing my shoot. I don't know. I'm weird like that. I guess. <laughs> so there you go. I I give like the worst <laughs> of them all because you guys are like giving these like really kind of fantasy. Stories and I'm like I just want a fucking TV, you know. Like, yeah, <laughs> simple man. You don't want like beer, yeah. cake, or anything. No, maybe a bunch <laughs> of like maybe a bunch. Oh yeah, of me neither. Absolutely mo- not. Uh, it's weird. <laughs> maybe some monsters. The simple, the simple life, you know? beer and cake. That sounds lovely. Like <laughs> beer and cake. <laughs> that, yeah, that is, that's it. Uh, it's very I'm, simple. It would be perfect. <laughs> I love it. Oh, well, my goodness. That, that being said, I really want to get into um, Bria's film, Vengeance. Like, let, let's just chat yeah. a little bit about this, what it's about. Let's promote it. Let's talk about it. All these lovely things. I've I've heard nothing but great things about this, and you've been posting it all over your Facebooks and uh, <laughs> some, and, and some uh, posts that you've been posting, pictures you've been posting, uh, posting have been great. So let's, uh, let's go. Like, just uh, go ahead. Tell us about it. Well, uh, Vengeance is a feature film that I I wrote and I directed. It's based off a short film that I um, wrote with Megan Adamson. She's a friend of mine. And um, so it revolves around our main character, Casey, who is played by Emily Kirk, and she's a fantastic actor. And Casey is horribly bullied, and it escalates escalates into a very um, physical uh, situation where she ends up actually being um, – committed to a psych ward and the story begins when she comes home from the psych ward and she finds out that there's not going to be any justice because there isn't enough evidence she's written off as being crazy um they're telling her she needs to see more therapy you know she is hallucinating she's blacking out because the um girl that inflicted this on her had a lot of power in not only the school but also in the federal police force um because of her parents and her lineage and her her privilege and um so Casey ends up spiraling right back into her depression as she's trying to stay out of it. And she ends up um, going on a website and finding and making a deal with the devil, essentially, where she wakes up the next day and finds out that every wound that she inflicts on herself also afflicts the bully that had hurt her. And so it's a story of vengeance Whoa. and how far will you go to get revenge until you're satisfied, even if it's hurting yourself. Um, how far will that take you? And when do you stop? When are you satisfied when they say sorry, when they're dead, when you're dead? Um, so it, it's addressing that particular idea. That's awesome. That is Yeah, crazy. and it's she's definitely... Like a hu- huh? I was going to say, she's like a human voodoo doll. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's how some people have been describing it. Um, but it's... Uh, I mean, the allegory in it is, uh, uh, you know, about self-harm. It's about depression. It's about when you let these emotions 
rule you where you will hurt other people or you'll hurt yourself. And um, when you're hurting yourself because of what had happened, you're giving this person the power and it feels like in the moment you're taking your power back, but are you really? Because now you're getting closer and closer to suicide and deeper and deeper into the depression. Um, and it's about, uh, you know, taking your life back and living your life for you. And it's, it was very important to me that if I did a story about suicide, that we didn't glamorize it. There are, especially nowadays with, this men- with the mental health push for, um, you know, awareness, that there are so many movies just hopping on the bandwagon, assuming that suicide is the height of the meaning. And that's not the way it is at all completely incorrect and that depression and suicide um suicidal ideation is actually a mental health disorder there's an actual disorder happening with you it is not the height of the meaning it is not poetic it is not oh well i'm sad am i sad enough to kill myself i guess i must not be that sad and so writers are lazy in um making that the height of the meaning and it's giving the wrong impression to our audiences to our young generation that are you know, learning about this that are more afflicted now than they've ever been with the rise of social media, with the stress of school and job and being in debt where they're just going to be screwed the rest of their lives in their economy. Um, it's giving not only the wrong image to what it is, but also glamorizing it in a horrible, dangerous way where when someone um, starts to have these thoughts or these feelings of suicide and depression that um, it like 13 Reasons Why, for example, I think is a, I mean, if they don't cast me, whatever, because I'm going to stand by this. It's a very horrible, dangerous interpretation of suicide and depression in that what they're doing is they're glamorizing it in a way where young people or old people, people that are the people afflicted with this mental disorder will start to feel, oh, so if I kill myself, I'll be more important than ever and people will care about my story and they'll go out of their way to get to know me and I will live on in them and I, they will be sad and they will care about me because right now I feel like they don't care about me. If I do this, then people will care about me and they're going to know me and you know, give me the attention that I'm lacking. Everybody needs attention. Attention is not a bad thing. We are human beings that have certain needs that need to be met. When you become depressed and you start to have suicidal ideations, you're a human being with needs that are unmet. And that can actually develop into psychological disorder. Um, and so with Vengeance yeah. and any movie I do that has suicide, it's very important to me that I address it and it, the ugly way that it is of that crazy feeling, of that being read, of the distortions that you convince yourself, of that dark place you go into that is not, we I'm sad. That's not what it is whatsoever. Your body is wired and designed to survive. That's why when you're about to die, you don't even mean to. Your adrenaline will kick in. You'll save yourself whether you want to or not because we are designed to live. If there's a miswiring, there is an actual disorder, and it is not beautiful. It is not temporary. It is something that is much deeper than that. And you go to dark places, and you see the world in a very dark way where you feel like there's no other way to live but this is the world that i am in and this is the way that things will be um and yeah. so with vengeance it was very important that i addressed that in an ugly way in a scary way and i didn't hold back on the vernacular on the situations on the acting i definitely abused my actors um emotionally and we're all really good friends now but i i had to push them to go as deep as they can go because it's not about the story it's not about you know people's parents in the audience I mean that's part of it but it's about the people with the noose in their hands it's about the people watching this that feel like 
nobody understands me. Nobody gets me. I'm all alone. I'm the anomaly. I'm the monster. I should die because it's better for other people. Um, it's addressing that feeling for what it is, which is terrifying and yeah. is sick, essentially. Um, yeah. And so it was very important to me to address these issues from the point of view from the character that's in it, but also from the point of view of people around them as well, with the mom, with the friend, with the people that they're blaming for it and have a call to action at the end. That is one thing that really bothers me on top of, you know, the glamorization and the numbingness of mental health in movies is there's no call to action. It's like, all right, well, that was a sad story, but what are you trying to tell me? You know, it's catered to an audience that isn't living through that. And it's very dangerous for people that are living through it because it makes them feel more isolated and less heard. And it makes them feel taken advantage of because they're like, you don't really understand what I'm going through, but you're using me to sell your movie. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the call to action is very strong at the end. And it's very important to me that I had that. Yeah. That's fabulous. Wow. And, um, to go back to what you're saying, you know, it, it, with uh, 13 Reasons Why, it, it's exactly that. It, 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 they don't do, they're doing the exact opposite. They're doing, they're right. showing the wrong, the, like you were saying, it's, it, it, it's twisting it in a way to make people think it, it's almost okay to be that way. And, right. um, and, it, and it's not helping the ones that do feel that way. Because even with me right. watching, I'm, ir- I'm irritated because I'm going, if this was, if I had a child watching this oh, right yeah. now, and they felt the way whoever the actress felt in that show, as the, you know, and the way they portray it, it would, it would make my child um, maybe feel like, yeah, don't tell me anything and go off and just, do, you know, do your thing. And exactly, not and that, get help, that, not, not exactly. reach out, not try to get out of the depression, but stay in it because wait, I'm validated in that yeah. me, where right now I'm exactly. not. Exactly. Yeah, I, the delusions I aren't addressed. Exactly. Well, I, it, 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 go ahead, Jonathan. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, and, and they do that with the second season is about bullying. It's not about really about suicide. It's about bullying, and they kind of do the exact same thing. They show, they show what happens to people, like they show the bullying, but they don't show how anybody can do anything about it, you know? Exactly, and that's so dangerous in that it feels like what they're saying to the people that are being bullied, hey, you want to get back at your bully? Kill yourself because then they'll feel like shit, which is a terrible message. And even in Vengeance, it was very important to me that that was, you know, addressed as well because she is dealing with a bully that, yeah, she can hurt herself and it hurts the bully, but at the end of the day – you're hurting yourself, and she has to yeah. come to terms with this. And there's a whole, you know, I'm not going to give away the ending, but you yeah. have to have a call to action. You can't just show things and talk about things. I mean, the one thing they did do, which I do appreciate, is they started a conversation, but they were on the end of, converse, of the conversation that was ignorant and arrogant um, and yeah. completely dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, it yep. isn't until – you know, with those moments, and I, you know, and not to get into too much detail, I've had friends um, in this situation that you're talking about where they had those thoughts and they were to a point where, you know, they would explain it to me now that they're older and they're out of it, that it was the feeling of you get to a point 
where it's like you literally dug yourself a hole and you can't get out. Mm-hmm. Like that's the depressing right. state. Like you, you it's literally any, it's everyone, it's like, it's like being in a hole and looking up and seeing everybody throw you all these lifelines, but the lifelines aren't tied into anything. It's like they're just, that's how you feel. Or at least this is how right. one of my friends felt. It was like telling me, oh, just be happy, just get over it, just go over it. But it's like, that's not a good enough lifeline. Like hearing no. that makes me makes me feel worse. Like you know, like, and exactly. Yeah. Like, so there's something wrong with me. Why I'm in this hole and they're not? Why yeah. can't I be where they are? Uh, yeah. You know, I, why can't and, I be out of this hole like they are? What am I doing? Yeah. I'm the problem. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's like it's it's fascinating. It's like it, 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 they try so hard to get out of it. They try so hard to change their mindset, but it, they literally cannot. And it goes to exactly what you're talking about. It is a mental disorder that they literally cannot fix how they're doing. And and a lot of people just don't understand, and then they ignore mm-hmm. it, and they go, oh, just and the thoughts know, behind it too, the it, distortions. You don't see yeah. the world the same way. Yeah, exactly. It's and there's so much ignorance towards it, and it, and and so this is. It, I'm so excited to see um, this film when it comes out, and I'm sure you'll explain all that in a second. Um, because I'm really excited to see where you took this, um, because you are somebody that you, you do think about these things that need to be thought about, and it, it seems like you really thought this through, um, and it sounds like an amazing, lovely story. And it's still in the genre you love, which is horror, which is fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, I love horror. It's great. I love it. Well, horror is um, the best. You can do whatever yeah. the hell you want in horror. That's why I do it. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. And um, <laughs> it, 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 it just sounds a, like it's a beautiful story with so many layers to unpeel and unravel and think about. And it's something that needs to be said. And, um, I would love to hear a little bit of now how how you um, how long have you been working on this and how long mm-hmm. you're going to continue to work on this and when is the moment we'll be able to see this film and where what are you taking are you doing festivals all that lovely stuff yeah well let's see last year actually it was the day that I started my 365 day challenge. Um, <laughs> I was originally commissioned <laughs> to write a script um, for an anthology, and what the the I the like theme that they gave me was vengeance. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And my friend Charles, um, he's one of our mutual friends, actually had referred me to the project. And he's like, Yeah, Bria, I was you know I was gonna reach out to a couple of my friends, but when I heard about the theme, I knew it could only be you. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about, vengeance? Or Charles? And he's like, the theme is vengeance. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> um, and so I got my mind working around it, and I'm like, gosh, you know, I want to write something about vengeance, um, but I, gosh, that's such a, a scene that's so close to home because I've been that quote-unquote crazy girl that sees red that is so upset and so hurt and so angry where I'll say horrible dis disgusting things that you would only hear like demons say or like Satan himself say like terrible I would push myself to say the most terrible things and do the most outrageous hurtful things to other people because I was blinded by my own pain um like how far would I have gone for vengeance and um I broke it down to myself and then I came up with this idea like that's fantastic and then I ended up uh not giving it to the anthology because I'm like I kind of just want to take this myself (laughs) (laughs) 
then I took it myself and I wrote out the whole beat sheet. So it was just ready to write. I had every scene mapped out. I had every character mapped out. I had every scene mapped out. And it's going to be a short because I was insecure. I'm like, I don't think I could do a feature. I don't know. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and so that started, and it took about three months um, of just planning it out. And then I, w- I had a friend from class, and I asked her if she wanted to help me write it because I thought it would be a good bouncing board, and we seemed to um, have a very similar mindset. And she was different. She had a different voice than me. So I thought it would be good so it wasn't just so, like, dark, dreary, and depressed. Because <laughs> she's a very happy person, but also very straightforward. Um, and that was Megan Adamson. And um, so we wrote the short together. And then um, after that, she was originally going to play Victoria, the, one of the other main characters, the bully, but she broke her ankle. And so we had to recast because I'm like, well, the date's are already locked in. Crap. Um, which is really unfortunate. Uh but, you know, Michelle's fantastic. I'm very happy with how it turned out. Would have been great with Megan as well, but I have film faith. Things happen exactly how they're supposed to happen if you put the work in. Um, and so then we shot that, the short film, I think, yeah, like nine months after finishing the short because we had to find the money and we had to do pre-production, get our crew together, get everything all together and figure out, can we actually do this? And we could. And so we shot the short in February. Um, so that was about nine months later. And then after the short, we put it down on the track and we watched it. I just kind of cut it for how I would like the pacing to be in each scene, not necessarily for the idea of a short. So that way I could cut it back if I wanted to play around with it. Right. I just kind of put it down as a director and we were 40 minutes. And I'm like, you know what? We're like, what? 35 minutes shy of a feature it'd be better to just shoot that than to cut it down because the feedback I was getting was it's a character driven piece like yeah there are horror, horror elements to it but what's scary yeah. is the characters are is the yeah. acting is the stakes is the emotions because it speaks to people and people on a deeper level um right. kind of you know what Clive Barker tries to achieve in his movies uh, that deeper surreal spirituality in that darker place of life that we all know um, we don't talk about, we don't indulge in, sometimes we pretend it's not there, but at the end of the day, we've all been there. Um, and so I'm like, all right, I mean, how much is that going to cost? Oh, right. Cheaper than the first run. I think we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> and so it took about three more months to find the money and do pre-production. I mean, we're still in pre-production and set the dates and everything. So it's been since, uh, conception to the shoot we're about to do, um, about like a year and two months. So it's been a, you know, a long, a long run. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. great. And then, that's fabulous. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize it would take so long because it doesn't feel like it. I feel like I'm working every single day and like getting bald spots. Like it, it feels like we've done a lot in uh, just yeah. over a year. Um, it feels like it's only been a couple months. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, so we shoot uh, for six days over the span of two weeks, I think in August, because locations just made more sense this way. And yeah. um, six, seven days. And then, you know, editing, so that's another month, and then uh, whatever we have to do for distribution, the composer, and what have not. So we're hoping to have a final product by my birthday, which would be fantastic, which would be November. Yay. And uh, we do have two routes. My One of my producers has experience with distribu- distribution. So right. um, with such a character-driven piece, we're thinking it's a good idea to go take it to film festivals and invite distribution that way. Since it's not really, you know, a fun horror comedy that could just be on video demand. Um, yeah. 
And so that's one route we're looking at, but we're also looking at going to distribution first um, because of the racy content. And some distributors actually prefer to take movies that haven't been screened yet so they can have, like, the full uh, control over it, of who's seen it, who's owned it, where it's been, has it been bootlegged, all these things. A friend of mine is actually having an issue because his movie was bootlegged and it wasn't even released yet, but they, someone had a recording of it and they put it online. And so because of that, he lost distribution. Distribution, um, they had, he had a distrib- distributor that wanted to distribute his film, like hands down, that was the way it is. But then they found that from their Indiegogo, one of the DVDs they had given out, um, someone had uploaded it online. So he lost distribution because of oh that. Oh, my Damn. gosh. Yeah, and because it was uploaded online once, it was instantly uploaded, you know, 10, 20, 30 times by how fast the Internet works, taking yeah. a couple of things. And it's unfortunate because now the actors, you know, don't get compensated. The producers don't get compensated. Um, the movie is done. They can't distribute it to that particular dis- distributor anymore. So we, ha- we have to be kind of careful with ours because we don't want that to happen with so much money behind it and so much work and so much heart behind it as well. Right. And we're kind of feeling yeah. out what the best course of action is based on the content, especially because there's so much nudity in very unpleasant, terrible situations. And the actors are so fantastic about it. And they believe in the cause. They believe in the themes. Um, we're addressing the idea of male rape and party rape and how rape is rape. It doesn't matter. And addressing yeah. all the invalidations that men have of like, oh, well, he got hard, so he must have wanted it. Oh, well, he came, so it must not have been that bad. Oh, she, you know, he's bigger than her. Why doesn't he just take her off of him? All these things, um, we're cutting between two rapes happening simultaneously at a party. One is by a boyfriend. Um, It's not like a knife against the throat. It's a very emotional rape. Um, And she's clearly doesn't want it. And rape is rape. And then a more violent male rape happening from a girl that's smaller than the guy. Um, And so that way the conversation is rape is rape. It does not matter. And so because of that content, we have full nudity, um, I don't want it to leak and I don't want to lose distribution opportunities because of that, because we owe the actors, you know, as much as we can to get it out and as far as we can because of the uh, compromising situation they put themselves in for the sake of their art. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Very smart of you to think of, oh, you have to, you have to, nowadays with everything and all the technology, you do have to make sure you keep everything close to you. And it, it's sad, but it, you right. know, it's, at the same time, it's a good thing because you then you know for sure every everyone's getting getting treated fairly and and, and your stuff is within your little bubble until you're ready for it to be into the world for all to see. Um, so yeah, this sounds this sounds amazing, and I hope everything gets done by your birthday because what a gift would that be? Um, so that would be cool. fabulous. Yeah. And I'm so excited to see um, whatever trailers that you're going to be posting soon. Where can people find, you know, your page? Like you, um, the movies page, obviously, because we want everyone to follow it, and we want everyone to follow you. So where can everyone um, follow the film on all the social medias and yourself? Yeah, so um, Vengeance is going to be Facebook.com slash Vengeance the Movie. So Vengeance the Movie. There are a lot of vengeances out there, so we may have to change the title after it's all said and done. It's just such a perfect title. So I'm like, eh. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, so Vengeance the Movie for Facebook. And then you can find me on Facebook at Brielle Massey. It's B like boy, R-I-A, 
L Y N like Nancy, N like Nancy, M like Mary, A S S I E on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's all the same. No one has my name. Do you do Twitter much? Like, are you really good at Twitter? Uh, My Twitter's attached to my Facebook, so uh, no, but it it gets (laughs) updates from stuff that I post on Facebook. I know I'm supposed to be on Twitter. I don't know how to use it. I don't know how to get to my notifications because I get notified about other people posting stuff and it backs up, and I don't even really know how to post things. I don't know how to change my icon. I feel like an old lady, and it makes me feel uncomfortable. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> I, um, I I'm like that too with Twitter. I like don't use Twitter. Luckily, Jonathan is helping me with the whole Twitter thing because I just don't even know. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, feel like I, you know, I, if they really want to know me, they'll they'll find me. It's the internet. <laughs> it doesn't have to be on Twitter. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I know you already have an IMDb link up for your film, correct? Vengeance. Yeah. So um, it's gonna be Vengeance. It's um, I think it's Vengeance like three. Okay. It has a picture of okay. Michelle in her okay. bikini and blood. Perfect. Awesome. Well, and is it, you, is it gonna, um, go ahead, John. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, <laughs> is it going to have the exact same cast from the short, or are you like, are, yeah. the, are things getting All the features is an extension of the short. Yeah, and we we brought on a few more actors, um, but for the most part, the key actors are all the exact same. We're just adding more scenes on top of the short. Um, yeah, we're super excited. I'm very excited to work with Musetta Vander again. She was in uh, Mortal Kombat and Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? She's fantastic. Nice. She, had a, she had a scene where she's be very emotional. She showed up, one take, she was out. I'm like, all right, I, I guess we got it. I, I, I guess you're wrapped. Great. <laughs> yeah, I planned like four hours to, to work with her. I'm like, 20 minutes. All right, we're, we're, we're good. <laughs> That's great. Wow. Very talented. Yeah, I love it. Um, do you want to give any shout-outs to the cast and crew while you're on here before you peace out? Yes! Shout-out to Emily Kirk and Michelle Gurdon, Brooklyn Haley, Zeke Jones, Charles Chudabala, Buffy Mettler. I'm going to forget. We have a very large cast. Luzetta, of course. <laughs> Chris Cotto, my, my producers, Hunter and uh, Jake White, and, gosh, uh, Keisha Thompson, and... Uh, <laughs> Um, Phil Schwadron. Jeez, uh, there's just, there's a whole lot. <laughs> but we have a huge cast. Um, yeah, it's a shout out to everybody. Shout out to my mother. Shout out to my teacher, D.W. Brown. Would not be the actor I am today without him. He's also going to coach us for one of the scenes. So I'm very grateful for that because oh, I'm not awesome. confident doing that without being coached. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, Alex Huang and Katie Huang for letting us use their house. Uh, you know, my boyfriend, Josh, letting us use his house. Uh, Chris Tomlinson for hooking us up with all kinds of locations, letting us use his house. Um, my goodness, Trejo for doubling as our key gaffer and our, key, our like, head sound guy. Um, of course, Trejo, Chris <laughs> Warren, our fantastic DP that's working with my budget. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> I, I'd be dead. Um, and oh, Paul yay. Edwards, of course, he's very supportive of all my projects, in particular Vengeance. Um, him and his, yeah. his partner are just fantastic people. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. And, um, yeah, and uh, I, I just, I'm stoked. It's, it's a great group of people. A lot of people that I, I know personally and work with personally would, would be before. 
And so for everyone out there that's listening, please follow, like, all, everything that she says. Vengeance on Facebook, Instagram, Vengeance her the movie. Facebook, yeah. Instagram. Ven- oh, yeah, Vengeance the Movie. I'm going to repeat that. Vengeance the Movie. Make sure you type that in. Vengeance <laughs> the Movie. All of it. Damn it. And then, um, uh, yeah, all those things, please. And, and follow all the people that are involved in this film. They're all my friends, and they're wonderful Tag people. Tag Steven Spielberg. And, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steven Spielberg, let's tag Steven Spielberg and all this. <laughs> Steven Spielberg, if you're listening, you've got to follow all this stuff. Um, and, um, and yeah, um, eventually we uh, will be uh, seeing you, Steven Spielberg, at the red carpet. So, you know. Yeah, thank you, you so much for having me, guys. Now. <laughs> thank you for being on, Bria. I hope you have an amazing oh. evening. What? Go ahead. Go, John. Go. I was just going to say, <laughs> apparently, all we got to do is go to a bar mitzvah and we'll, our bat mitzvah, and we'll, oh, yeah, we'll see yeah, yeah, Steven yeah. Spielberg. So, if we can just go there and show vengeance to him, you know, yeah. there you go. No, people would walk yeah. out and vomit. So, maybe not vengeance in particular, <laughs> but. Yeah. That's, that's your kid's show. That's your kid's show. Yeah, that's a kid's party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah the oh, okay. like, I don't know. They want to see a simultaneous um, rape scene. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, no, wait. Okay. Not. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, Just send it to his office. Thank you. Yeah. This is an awesome <laughs> evening. Um. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for chatting. It's been so long yeah, since I've been, I've been able to even catch up to you personally. So this was awesome. This is like, you know, I forced my way into chatting with you, and because we are both very busy people in our lives. But this was lovely. It sounds like you're having a great time. I'm so happy. Um, for you getting everything in order and on the right track and for your 365-day challenge. Congratulations on your graduation, all those things. And, um, yeah, I hope you have an amazing evening, an amazing week, and I'm sending you all my love and joy, girlfriend, and uh, good Mm -hmm. luck on your shoot. Thank you. Thank you so much, everybody. All right. I I, I second all of that. Bye. Bye. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.